Hi there. We welcome you to the Rush Hour Morning Show podcast. My name is Brian Rushing. The guy across the table's name is... Corky Franks. And check this out, Brian. I know everyone can't tune in Monday to Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WGNCRadio.com, 101.1 FM, or 1450 a.m. And that's why we have some great news for the listeners. That's right. You can now get our podcast on SoundCloud as well as Spotify and Apple Music. It's fantastic for you. We do the work. You get the enjoyment. So enjoy. Back here on the Rush Hour Morning Show on this Monday morning. So glad that you could join us. As we'll have Daniel Poole lined up here in just a moment. The head volleyball coach of Highland Tech. You know, one of the things that I think is very interesting is we'll have Daniel pull up any second is the point that Corky Franks made related to Highland Tech and and the secret sauce, if you will, about their athletic success. Now, the reality is the coaching staff is going to have a lot to say about that. But when we get Daniel Poole on, which is going to happen any second, we'll be able to ask that question. So let's see if we can make that happen. We'd like to welcome Daniel Poole to the Rush Hour Morning Show. Coach Poole, can you hear me? Yes, I can, and uh, thanks for having me on this morning, guys. No, it, it's fantastic. We appreciate your time this morning. Coach, before we got you on, Corky Franks asked a really great question, and I'm going to kind of rephrase the question for him, and then I'm going to kind of add my two cents to it, and then I'm going to let you answer. Corky Franks asked the question, What's the secret sauce at Highland Tech that gives them the success that they have in the likes of their baseball program, their volleyball program, so on and so forth? And the point that I made was with Highland Tech, it's an academic institution, truly an academic institution. Folks want to get into the lottery so that they give their kids a chance to really excel in a technical in, in a school of technology so that they can learn specific technical skills that they can go out into college, the workforce, what have you, and do very specific things, very high-level things. I know quite a few of the kids that have graduated this year, they're going to Embry-Riddle. They're going to do some amazing things. Coach, that doesn't necessarily leave a lot as it relates to the athletics pool. Now, you do have kids that can be both and kids. There's no question about that. But the reality is it's not like Highland Tech's taking a lot of liberties with the academic pool just to try to bring in athletes. You guys have kids that truly are both and kids. I'd love for you to kind of talk about first those both and kids that you have on your rosters year in and year out. Yeah, well, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head, actually. Um, it, the, the athletes that I've had the privilege of coaching since taking over at Highland Tech in uh, 2020, have they're just the highest caliber in everything. They're stellar students in the classroom. They're, they work their butts off in the weight room. They're, they work really hard on the volleyball court. So it's, it, it really speaks to the, the caliber of people that we're bringing in, not just students or student athletes, but the people that we bring in at Highland Tech. It's, it's really top caliber, um, great kids, incredible work ethics. Yeah. Now, because of that, a school like Highland Tech, you're, you're never going to be 
a 4A school because there's only a certain amount of slots that are there at the school. So it's not like you guys are having to go and compete against all the Charlotte schools and things of that nature. It really makes it uniquely guided by the 1A, 2A model, if you will. But in that model, you yeah. guys have had a tremendous amount of success, and all you have to do is go on to a place like Max Preps and look at the schedule. It's not like you guys have buried yourself playing against a, a lot of 1A schools. You guys go out and compete against anybody that will face off against you, and it's obvious that it's helped to make that program a little more viable and a little more battle-tested. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, that's that's definitely been a big um, objective of mine since I've taken over is is to really push this program to higher heights, and I think part of that is is challenging ourselves on an annual basis to uh, play some some teams that should give us a really hard time. Like I said, we bring in talented athletes, and uh, I think if we're just complacent beating a bunch of one A and two A schools, I think we're limiting ourselves a little bit. So, particularly going into this season, I made it a point to find us some, even in the one A and two A realm, um, find us some really challenging tasks. Um, in fact, in late September, we're traveling up to Bishop McGinnis um, for a volleyball tournament they're hosting uh, with a bunch of one A powerhouses, and then we've got our regular season uh, non-conference games where we've got some pretty challenging tasks. So that's definitely been a point of emphasis uh, these past few years. Daniel Poole here with us on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Coach, I, I, I want to ask you this question because, again, the, the volleyball landscape is it's, it's one of those that's still growing. It's, it's a burgeoning sport in this area. Every once in a while you'll have a program that has some success, but it's not really – long-term success. You don't have clubs that go an entire decade with a significant run of, you know, top place finishes in their conference. You don't have a club that goes third, fourth round of the playoffs year in and year out for an extended period of time. However, this situation at Highland looks like it may have a slightly different dynamic to it. What is it that you're able to incorporate whether it's player development or, or just the fact that they come in game ready, what is it that you're able to offer these kids that gives them what has been very quick success? They've had three really good seasons on the floor, and it looks like there's no reason that this can't continue as we move forward. Yeah, I, I, the, I, I'll tell you, um, I, I'm lucky enough to continue to bring in really talented volleyball classes. In fact, this past year, I brought in uh, three freshmen that started and played significant minutes or points for me. Um, and so I, I won't pretend like I'm the, the secret to the sauce or anything. Um, it, it's truly the athletes that we're bringing in. And, we, and of course, the culture is part of the success we're you know, in four days a week over the summer where a lot of people are one or two days a week and uh, maybe it's just a couple of weeks. We're, we're in every week that the High School Athletic Association will allow us, but it, it's really all about the student-athletes that, that I'm uh, privileged with coaching. Coach, let me, let me ask you this. How, how do you utilize club volleyball? Because one thing that is growing in the Charlotte metro area is the club volleyball scene. I was able to experience that at least from a periphery working with my time at Belmont Abbey College because a lot of those kids or those assistant coaches, as soon as the season was over, they were diving right into club play. 
How are you able to incorporate club play into what your kids are doing? And, and, and how are you able to keep an eye on that for your own individual team's development? Yeah, so I'm uh, also, also privileged to be coaching uh, club volleyball with Carolina Juniors, a great organization out of Charlotte area um, that serves a lot of communities around here, Gaston County, obviously Mecklenburg County, Union County, Cleveland County, you know, a lot of talented volleyball players. So I've got the privilege of coaching over there with them. Um, and, and then I'm always encouraging, whether it's with Carolina Juniors or with another club organization, I'm always encouraging my girls because that's, that's I mean, our season's seven, eight months long, and that's a great opportunity to continue their growth um, in the offseason, what, what us high school coaches call the offseason. But I think a lot of those <laughs> student athletes refer to their club as the on-season. Daniel Poole here with us on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Coach, I think that I think that's something that you're really starting to touch on that we're seeing more and more every day is the sport specialization. Now, again, if if you want to stick to one sport, fine. Have at it. I've got no problem with that. You do you. But I think having a balance of sports, and I think at a place like Highland, you're uniquely equipped to where you can ill afford, if you've got some athletes there in the fold, you can ill afford to just kind of silo them to one sport. How are you able to incorporate folks that might have had other sports that might have been a favorite, but can somehow make an impact on the volleyball program as well? Uh, I mean, I can speak to one specific example. This past season, I had a, a really, really good softball player, um, and she's been with the program for she played for four years for us. Um, Emma Gorley was a stud player, and she's uh, actually going to go play at Gaston College, who had a stellar season in softball. Um, but it, we've definitely been able to incorporate multi-sport athletes in volleyball, and I, I actually had a couple other athletes who uh, participated in softball and basketball. So it's while I'm pushing the, the volleyball thing, if that's something they're really into, I'm certainly not limiting any uh, – extra participation they can do at Highland School of Technology. Like you're saying, we're limited to 500 students at our school. So we're like, no, you're only playing volleyball. We're, we're going to shallow the uh, pool, athlete pool, pretty significantly for other sports. So. Coach, I, I want to ask you this one question. I promise we're going to talk about last year's program or last year's team a little bit because the numbers are really impressive. And, and for folks that don't follow high school volleyball in our area, they certainly need to take a look at what you guys were able to accomplish this past season and what you've done basically since coming out of COVID. But, but I, I want to ask this one question. You talk about a player like Emma Gorley, who's going to go play softball at Gaston College. Well, one of the things that we've seen from Gaston College immediately is the impact that they're having from a success standpoint in whatever program they get started. They had three spring programs this year, and they all went to play in what was their national championship effectively. Beach volleyball was one of those programs. Now, I'm, I'm going to speculate here for just a moment, Coach. I have every reason to believe that as a on-campus facility is built, for the basketball program, I think it's going to be a natural, easy fit 
to bring in volleyball for the fall. I just think it's going to happen. As soon as they get an on-campus facility, something that they can actually manage a time frame, I think volleyball, given the fact that they've already kind of tipped their hand a little bit with beach volleyball, I think indoor volleyball is going to be something that really becomes part of what Gaston College offers from an athletic standpoint. So it would stand to reason, and I'm sure you would support this, if you're a high school volleyball athlete, there's a very good option to continue your volleyball career, and that's going the JUCO route at a place like Gaston College. Yeah, I mean, that that would be a huge step um, for Gaston County Volleyball um, to, to have that extremely local option for our athletes to uh, play at the collegiate level. Well, you know, um, and that's, you know, I'm kind of sitting down thinking about this uh, this uh, interview. I was like, I definitely need to, to mention these guys. So I'm going to jump right into that really quick and then kind of jump back to your question. Um, so we, I've had three players uh, move on to play collegiate volleyball since I started in 2020. Um, I had Lexi West, who uh, played at Pfeiffer. She's since decided to focus a little more on her education, but she played a year at Pfeiffer. Um, I had Ashlyn Stevens. Um, she's currently playing at Oglethorpe, a uh, school down near Georgia or near Atlanta. Um, and she was an incredible student athlete, three-time conference player of the year. Father is a really well-known Gaston County guy, Tremaine Stevens, former NC State and NFL running back. And then uh, Ryan Sloan um, has just committed to play beach volleyball down at uh, Weber International down in Florida. So, yeah, the, the, the piece of giving them the opportunity to play at the next levels, one that's a really big selling piece for high school programs. So thinking of the potential of having that at Gaston College is definitely one that's exciting for me as a high school coach. Well, and, I, and again, I, I think when, when, when you hear names like Pfeiffer and Oglethorpe, you're, you know, you've got kids that, again, are both and kids. They want a really solid academic experience. They really want to have a proving ground to test their medal on the academic side, but they want to continue their athletic career at all. That's why places like Pfeiffer and Oglethorpe exist for that very reason. Weber International could be included in that same conversation. In much the same way, for an opportunity for a kid who goes to any school in this area, as Gaston College opens up other sports, I can assure you of this, Sean Doty and his staff are going to have no intention to do anything other than to bring national-level talent to their programs at the JUCO level. It's a tremendous opportunity, and just as much as it was a tremendous opportunity for baseball, softball, and even beach volleyball, the same is going to apply for basketball as they begin to eventually get that indoor facility. And I'm sure the same is going to be said for volleyball because it creates opportunities for kids to continue to work on their academics while at the same time continuing to say, I had a chance to play collegiately for my sport, which was indoor volleyball. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think junior college, especially in this day and age when uh, tuition's at the astronomical rates that it is, is such a phenomenal option anyway. And then you have the opportunity uh, to play a collegiate sport, whether it be for a couple of years and then continue at a four-year university or just for those couple of years and then transfer and focus on academics from there. It's, it's, it's really a, a 
great, great opportunity. Daniel Poole here with us on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Coach, let's dive into last year's club. I've got some of the numbers written here. Your club last year, 22-4 and overall, 13-0 and in the conference. You got a chance to play in the fourth round of the state playoffs. Coach, here's the stat that really jumped off the page for me, and this kind of tells me just how dominant your group was last year. You had a you had a stretch of matches to where from September 22nd to October 22nd, which was the first round of the playoffs, you finished that part of the schedule without even dropping a set, much less a match. You didn't drop a set. That's dominance personified right there. Can you kind of dive into the kind of run that you guys were having at that point? Yeah, so um, it, I'll be up front with you. Our, our uh, conference has been struggling a little bit as of late in volleyball, um, and, and it was a really big talking point for us that we, we just play our game and show up and do what we're supposed to do every single day in practice and certainly on game day. Um, it, and we just managed to do that for, like you're saying, a month and then a, a little bit more, a month straight. We were just able to go out and just win, win, win. Um, and, and it really just is a testament to how hard those girls worked from the, the first day of June workouts until um, that day at, at Union Academy. Um, it, they really just were never complacent. They were never okay with just being pretty good or really good, whatever you want to call it. Um, they, they constantly wanted to be better. And it was, it was really exciting to be a part of as a coach. Um, this, that previous year, the 21, 22 season, we had graduated three girls that were huge impacts on our program. Um, and the, and the expectation from a lot of people, I think was that we were going to take a step backwards or maybe not achieve to the same level, but, um, that group, that group of girls really showed up and, and for us to do what we did and then take one step further, make the first trip uh, to the lead eight in school history. It was, it was all really exciting stuff. And like I said, a, a true testament to how hard those girls work. Well, coach to, to, to take it one step further, just at looking at the schedule a little bit more from September 1st to October 22nd, you dropped just one set and that was to East Gaston. So again, an incredible run last season. And I think a lot of this has been building up. You talk about the previous year's squad. Coach, that was a club that went 19 and four, went 10 and one in conference. That's the lone conference loss that you've had in the last three years. You've been 34 and one in conference play. So, you know, maybe the league overall is down. But you guys have certainly tended to your business getting in the last two years at least to the third round of the state playoffs and having won all but one conference game. Coach, that's got to be the measuring stick of consistency that I'm sure you were hoping for. Is there, is there a plan for the future in your eyes that this could, in fact, be carried out for years on end? Absolutely. Um, you know, you asked a question, what what – is club volleyball, what kind of impact is that having on our, our school ball program? And, you know, I'm lucky enough to coach there and I haven't had it, uh, any overlap of high school players into club teams, but I'm definitely out there like getting eyes on people and just checking out what's going on and as far as Gaston County is concerned. And um, like I said, I've, I've been lucky enough to have girls 
that are talented volleyball players and great human beings um, continue to come into the program and uh, looks more of the same. Looks like we have a couple of talented freshmen incoming this year. So it's, it's signs are, signs are pointing to continued success. Um, and, and, and really I couldn't be happier to be at Highland Tech. It's, it's an absolute privilege to work underneath Mr. Montgomery, our principal and uh, for Shea Blair, our athletic director. Well, certainly you've had a ton of success. I'm looking at the schedule coming up for this year. You guys get started on August the 15th in Belmont against the South Point Red Raiders. And then, of course, you'll take on Pine Lake Prep. You'll travel, travel to Lincoln Charter, to Burns. So, again, you know, you've got 2A, 3A schools on your schedule. You talk about the Bishop McGinnis tournament that you've got coming up as well. Certainly, you're not running away from the talent. My final question for you would be, what does this club need? What does this club need to do to take that final step and get beyond, say, a Union Academy who has been the thorn in your side for the last two years and make that next step in the state playoffs run? Uh, I, I think you actually just, just kind of answered that question perfectly. Um, we're, we're looking to play as much talented volleyball team or as many talented volleyball teams as we can this season. So I, I, I contacted all the 1A, 2A powerhouses that I could and tried to schedule games with them. Um, I, I think just preparation, you know, we, we had a stretch of a, a month that you just mentioned where we didn't drop a set and then we go into high or we go into uh, the playoffs and we run through the first round. And then the second and third round were really, really tight games. Both of those went to five sets. So trying to really prepare us early on in the season and then often um, like the, the Bishop McGinnis tournament that's a little bit later in our season. So just trying to make sure we're playing that level of, of playoff volleyball immediately right out of the gate. Well, Coach, I definitely want to get you back on the show just before the start of the upcoming season. Again, this is going to be a massive fall here on the Rush Hour Morning Show, and that stretches beyond football. We're going to cover football, but we're going to cover a lot of the fall sports this year, and we're so excited to have you on board this morning, and we'll definitely be in touch with you as we get closer and closer to your opening day on August the 15th. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. And I can't thank you guys enough for having me on this morning. It's 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 uh, really exciting for me to get on here and be able to talk about the program um, the way we have this morning. So thank you guys. Uh, great opportunity here. It's our pleasure. Thank you and, and, your, and all of your staffs for reaching out to us from Highland Tech on the Rush Hour Morning Show. Coach, we'll be in touch with you real soon. Have a great Monday. Sounds great. Thanks. Folks, when we come back on the other side of the timeout, we'll be that much closer to a conversation with Harold Varner as we continue on this Monday morning on the Rush Hour Morning Show. We'll be right back. We thank you for tuning in to this Rush Hour Morning Show podcast. Don't forget you can find us Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. on WGNC AM 1450, 101.1 FM. You can even stream the show on WGNCRadio.com. Until we're back with you with the next podcast, enjoy your day. We'll see you next time.